0: Uh, Namaste to all Today we are going to discuss on the evolution of the concept of Yuga Chatur yoga, Manvantara, Kalpa and what are the its implications for Indian chronology I think uh, you all must be aware that we are living in a period of Kalyuga You have heard that we are living in Kalyuga So certainly the Kali Yuga was an epoch of a particular timeline in our history and just before this Kali Yuga, Mahabharata War took place and Mahabharata War was a a great uh, catastrophic event in our history. So that became a sheet anchor for our uh, chronology, Puranic and the traditional historians narrated our history in two parts, pre-Mahabharata history, post-Mahabharata history. So this is the importance of Kali Yuga Epoch and Mahabharata Epoch. Uh, if we want to narrate the history of uh, ancient chronology, so we have to go to the post-Mahabharata period. It's very easy because Kali Yuga onwards, the history is given in the human years. So there is very, uh, a very proper timeline has been given in the Puranas. Only few problems like Shakaira, whether it has two epochs or one epoch, and the Buddha Nirvana, uh, I have established that there were two Shaka epochs. One, uh, the ancient Shaka commenced in 583 BC, and the later Shaka commenced in somewhere 78 AD. Buddha Nirvana, Buddha attained Nirvana in 1864 BC, not 483 BC. There is a 1380 years uh, chronological error. So we can uh, easily arrive the chronology from Mahabharata to till date. But today this subject is not the, uh, what we are going to discuss. Actually our focus is, uh, would be on the pre-Mahabharata period because the history of the pre-Mahabharata period has been narrated in Yugas and Chatur Yugas. Like uh, Ramayana events took place at the end of 28 Treta Yuga and Mayasura wrote Surya Siddhanta at the end of 28th Krita Yuga. Now the problem is, on what basis we will arrive the traditional chronology when we have, we have a responsibility as a chronologist to establish the Yuga, Treta Yuga period and Krita Yuga period and Dwapara Yuga periods. So before uh, going to fix the timelines for these Yugas, let us understand the existing means the later tradition of the uh, concept of time cycles like Yuga, Chatur Yuga, Manvantara, and Kalpa. Present astronomical text, those astronomical texts written after Mahabharata era. Uh, according to those texts, a Yuga has 4,32,000 years, where Chatur Yuga has 43,20,000 years. This Chatur Yuga uh, has a uh, four yugas in a differential duration. Like Krita Yuga has length of four yugas. If you multiply four lakhs thirty-two by four, then Krita Yuga has seventeen lakh twenty-eight thousand years. And Treta Yuga, you have to multiply by three. Four lakhs thirty-two thousand plus three uh, multiplied by three is uh, twelve lakh ninety-six thousand years. Dwapara, you have to multiply by two. Four, four three, two, thousand years into two eight lakhs sixty four and Kali will have only four lakhs thirty two thousand years the total of these or four yugas would be forty three lakhs twenty thousand years in a Manvantara we will be uh, the, there are seventy one Chatur yugas plus Sandhyamsa it's a particular period so total almost thirty crores eighty five lakhs seventy one thousand four hundred and twenty nine years roughly then in a Kalpa we uh, uh, total 1000 Chaturayugas, 14 Manvantaras, so finally the 432 crores of years in a Kalpa. But these time cycles have been given in the Indian astronomical texts written post Mahabharata or even as, uh, historical texts like Puranas or uh, other texts also. Now we have a tradition of Sankalpa While I think uh, you might have ever gone in a a temple or in a rituals, Pujari pandiji asks your Gotra, your name, your father's name, your grandfather's name. So normally in the Sankalpa Patha, what they recite is, Brahmanohani Dvitiye Parardhe Shri Shweta Varahakalpe Vaivasvata Manvantare Ashtavimshatitame Kaliyuge. So actually they are giving the present date, like today if I am performing a ritual, so what I am going to say is that presently I am in the dvitiya uh, Parardha of Brahma's life, in the first or third day of Shweta Kalpa, in the Vaivasvata Manvantara and the present Kali Yuga is 28th. Similar uh, timelines have been given in the Bhavishya Purana also. But Bhavishya Purana mentions that the present Ahni is Thriti Yahni, where in the Sankalpa Pata we generally think about it the Prathamahni. So now we have to understand this uh, what is the lifespan of Brahma? What is uh, Parardha and uh, Shweta Varahakalpa? So generally uh, day of Brahma is equal to 4 32 crores years, 432 crores CR, so years. One day is equal to 12 hours of uh, human uh, day. Then Brahma's one night is equal to a pralaya. That is almost 400 and, uh, 432 crores of years. It is the biggest problem is uh, during the pralaya, no sun, moon, or uh, I think no planets ever existed. Even human beings can't survive. I don't know who counted these years, but uh, this is the timeline are available then we have a brahma's one day and night equal to 864 crores you have to add these two then brahma's one year is equal to 360 days then you multiply 864 crores into 360 31111040 crores years is the one year of brahma and brahma's lifespan is also 100 years so 3 crore 11 lakh 4000 crores of years now this is not the end of brahma's life It is the only one life because after 100 years Brahma will reborn again. So nobody knows how many lives Brahma lived till date or how many future lives he is going to live. So it's an infinite cycle. So this 100 years of Brahma means 3 crore 11 lakhs 4000 crores years is actually an infinitesimal. Then you have to have a calculus of infinite cycles Uh, this is the nightmare for any anthropologist to establish the history of uh, so many crores of years but as per the uh, current narrative that in the present life of brahma total 50 years have been elapsed means one crore, uh, one crore 55 lakh 52000 crores years have been elapsed till date so the present year is brahma's 51st year And this year has been named as Bhavishya Mahakalpa. Actually, a full year has been called Mahakalpa and uh, every day in Brahma's life is called a Kalpa. So, the present uh, Kalpa is Shvetavaraha. It is actually either first day or third day of the 51st year of Brahma's life now present manvantara is seventh manvantara the vaivasvata manvantara means six manvantaras have been elapsed in the shveta varaha kalpa then present kaliyuga is 28th sorry 28 chaturyuga so total years elapsed is 197 crores 29 lakhs 49121 years have been elapsed in 2020 of christian era so this is the timelines have been uh, actually calculated. Whether these are historical timelines or uh, on what basis uh, Indian astronomers have gone into so many lakhs and crores of years. So we have to uh, understand whether these Yuga cycles have any relevance with the chronology or not. Actually these Chatur Yuga cycles are infinite time cycles. And those are actually uh, these yoga cycles have been uh, uh, are actually based on mathematical expansion in multiples of chatur yoga that is forty three lakhs twenty thousand years even we consider the present chatur yoga of forty three lakhs twenty thousand years uh, till date means uh, in this year of 2020 thirty eight lakhs ninety three thousand one hundred and twenty years have been elapsed so still the anthropologist anthropologists will have a nightmares how can a human history because i don't know homo sapiens sapiens have what kind of a history they have whether 38 lakhs years means almost 3.8 million years ago so still there is a question any relevance of chaturyuga cycle for indian chronology but there are certain unsolved puzzles in our indian chronology what so Surya Siddhanta, the text is available in the Pancha Siddhantika. Uh, Varaha Mihra refers to Mayasura Surya Siddhanta. And this Surya Siddhanta has been written at the end of 28th Krita Yuga. So we have no other option to establish the date of Krita Yuga and the end of the Krita Yuga to establish Mayasura's date. Otherwise, we have no other option to speculate or uh, we may not be realistic if we are not able to solve this problem. Another spazal, Bharatamuni is the author of Natya Shastra. He says that this Natya Shastra has been compiled during the time of Treta Yuga. Now you have to have a Treta Yuga time cycle so that you can establish the date of Bharata Muni, who was the author of natya Shastra. The famous our Shri Rama, he lived at the end of 28th Treta Yuga. Again, we need a time cycle of Treta Yuga to establish the historical timelines of Ramayana. Now, Mahabharata war took place at the end of Dwapara Yuga, so now you have to fix the Dwapara Yuga cycle. So then, 20th Kali Yuga is in progress. So just establishing these timelines, we have to have a uh, we have to solve the, the timelines of the cycles of Krita Yuga, Treta Yuga, and Dwapara Yuga so it is uh, onus is on us to study how the evolution of the concept of yuga and chaturyugas have been took place so before uh, going to study the evolution of the yugas and chaturyugas we have to first uh, establish the uh, a chronological order of our texts, scriptures and all sanskrit texts why? Because the entire information, historical information available for the period of pre-Mahabharata period it is only in, the lit, in, in our literature. So uh, archaeological evidence or any other evidence will not going to help us. So what we have to do, we have to arrive the chronological order of the entire Vedic corpus, post Vedic corpus and the entire Sanskrit literature. So for doing so, what I did, I am used the absolute linguistic chronology. So first we have to understand what is the Sanskrit language, whether it is a natural language. So I say it's not a natural language. Sanskrit language has been evolved based on a natural language, whatever the language existed during the Vedic times or early Vedic period. It is absolutely similar to the computer programming languages. Computer programming languages are based on English, but they are not English. The programming languages have been evolved based on the English, but they have a syntax. The syntax is similar to Sanskrit grammar. Now we cannot say that programming languages have been evolved first, later syntax evolved. It's impossible. Syntax and programming language both have to evolve together. The similar situation with the Sanskrit language. Sanskrit language and grammar both evolved together. So we should not say that initially Sanskrit language evolved later grammar. So now we have to follow the evolution of the grammar to establish the chronological order of the Sanskrit language. So the same methodology I have adopted, Vedas and Samhitas are written in Vedic Va- in Sanskrit, which is the earliest form of Sanskrit. Even grammar is also very simple. So that is the beginning of the Sanskrit language. Thereafter, Brahmanas, Upanishads, Aranyakas, Kalpa Sutras have been written. This is the period where the transition means the Sanskrit grammar uh, has been evolved to an advanced stage. So the but when the Sanskrit grammar has been evolved to the final stage, then Lokik Sanskrit came into existence. So all Surya Siddhanta, Natya Shastra, Ramayana, Mahabharata have been written in Lokik Sanskrit many other texts like Manusmriti and various other uh, Smriti texts, even uh, any text written in uh, uh, Anushtup Chanda, the, those texts are written in Lokik Sanskrit and it can be easily identifiable based on the Sanskrit grammar. So this is the chronological order of our uh, entire Sanskrit literature. Now first we have to see what kind of a concept of Yuga existed during the Vedas time and what was the concept of yuga existed during the Brahmana period and others? So, let us see what was the uh, yuga during the early Vedic period. Actually, yuga was a, a five year lunisolar calendar during the Rig Vedic period. Yuga word itself, it, uh, it means a group, a group of year, a group of five years is called yuga. Vedanga Jyotisha, it is written, Yugasya Panchavar Shasya So a Yuga had only five years. Actually, it's a cycle of five years. A calendar, uh, uh, actually, why Vaidic calendar uh, needed a cycle to intercalate two lunar months in a period of five years. Based on this cycle, uh, they have evolved a Chatur Yuga cycle. So naturally, five into four are 20 years. A cycle of 20 years existed. And uh, Indians uh, maintained the record-keeping of these elapsed yugas. So uh, the tradition of multi-generational record-keeping of elapsed yuga cycles existed in India because we are following a continuous uh, calendar since uh, Swayambhava Manu onwards. Now let us see what... Rigveda says about yuga there is a mantra in first mandala dirghatama mamateyo jujurvan dashame yuge dirghatama was a, a great rishi of uh, angirasagotra he was the son of mamata uh, so he was called mamateya so it has been written that dirghatama mamateya the rishi he became old or he his hair turned white in a 10th yuga if yuga had uh, lakhs of years, this statement appears to be very absurd. Dashame yuge, a yuga had five, five into ten, fifty years. It is natural. A human being can uh, become old or his hair uh, can turn uh, white. So, the same statement is there in the Rig Veda. Yes, since yuga uh, was used in a general terms also, like uh, in the tenth mandala vasya uttare yuge, devanam purve yuge, devanam yuge, it during the period of devas, Devas, early, early period of devas. So a yuga has the meaning of uh, gen, in a general terms also. And there is another mantra in the 10th century, it is referring to three yugas, means uh, 15 years. Taittiriya Samhita, this Samhita belongs to Krishna Yajurveda tradition. And this Samhita is the oldest one and it has the earliest reference of Chaturyuga. So it is becoming Kritamayanam, Tretayanam, Dvaparu, Askanda. So in the Taittiriya Samhita is referring to Kali as Askanda. Askanda is, is the earliest name of Kali. So this Taittiriya Samhita is giving certain rituals to be performed in Krita Yuga, certain rituals to be performed in Tretayuga, Yuga, in Dvapara in Kali. So it is not uh, referring to any lakhs and crores of year, it appears to be referring to only five years of yoga. In a Vadasani Samhita, similar lines Krita, Treta, Dwapara, Askanda. Askanda word is again uh, has been used for Kali. Shedvinsha Brahmana, it is the, one of the earliest Brahmana of Brahmana text. Uh, interestingly, it is referring to Pushya or Tishya as the name of Kali Yuga. So Kali word has been evolved later. So initially Kali was called Askanda or Pushya or Tishya. Then Treta Yuga was called as Kharva in Shadvinsha Brahmana. Actually Shadvinsha Brahmana, uh, what uh, the Rishi wants to convey, naturally uh, Indian used to celebrate Purnima and Amavasya as Parva, as a festival day. So every 15th day is the Purnima and uh, 15th day is Amavasya. In case a Purnima, a full moon is occurring in the 14th day, then that is called Aparva. In Mahabharata, always Aparvani Graha v- uh, Veto. So Aparvani means if something is happening uh, before 15 days or after uh, 15 days, is not a parva. It's not an auspicious day to celebrate. But... Anumati is called Chaturdashi Purnima. A full moon uh, that uh, occurring on 14th day is called Anumati. So this Anumati means uh, 14th Chaturdashi Purnima can be celebrated in Kali Yuga. But if it is a Shodashi Purnima, same Purnima if it is occurring on 16th day then it is Mm. called Shodashi Purnima and uh, that was named as Raka. That's why the Rakesh word, uh, many people must be having the name of Rakesh Raka Isha, Rakesha. So a uh, moon was also called Rakesha. Mm. So this Shodashi Purnima should be celebrated only in Treta Yuga. Siniwali is the Chaturdashi Amavasya that should be celebrated uh, only in Dwapara Yuga. Kuhu is Shodashi Amavasya and this Kuhu should be celebrated only Krita Yuga. So naturally all Brahmaṇas and Samhitas are uh, referring to Certain rituals to be performed in various, I don't think the if yugas had uh, lakhs of uh, years, then certain uh, you know, provisions would be irrelevant for you in a life of any particular human being. Atharvaveda uses first time Kali word, then Aitariya Brahmana uh, refers to all four uh, yugas, Taitriya Brahmana also. But all these Brahmanas and uh, Atharvaveda, they are referring to certain rituals to be performed uh, in various uh, Yugas, these Chatur Yugas. Upanishad also uh, has the reference of Treta Yuga and uh, there is a Nidana Sutra. This Nidana Sutra was written by Patanjali and it belonged to Samaveda. So the Nidana Sutra prescribes certain Chandas, certain uh, Samaganas to be sung only in Krita Yuga and some meters or some chandas in Dwapara Yuga Kali. So naturally, Nidana Sutra is also not referring to any lakhs lakhs of years. It's only referring to a five years Yuga. Now, what actually this concept of Yuga and Chatur Yuga is? So I I have already indicated that Yuga was a five-year lunisolar calendar. So it's only a five-year Yuga calendar. If you read Vedanga Jyotisha, a yuga means uh, in Rigvedic time one year had a 366 uh, days. Actually, Indians uh, uh, did not want to use fractions because uh, in a calendar you can only intercalate one day or you can delete one day. So you have to have a figures in integers. You can't work in fractions in a calendar. Yeah. That was the limitation. Since a, a solar year had a 365.25 days. They took 360 days, because it is more than 365, that's why 366 days they have selected. 366 plus five, because five years, the so total 1830 days in a year. Now uh, 60 solar months and 60, 62 lunar months, every two and a half years, one uh, lunar month was intercalated at that time. So naturally Ashadha in, in between, at the end, in the fifth year, Pausa a second Pausha Masa was intercalated. Now, they have taken into a 20-year cycle. Why? Because every day, every year, you are uh, accumulating 0.75 days extra. So you have to some way delete those uh, 0.75 uh, days uh, in this calendar. So they have taken this uh, cycle of uh, five, uh, four Yugas. A Krita Yuga will have one one thousand eight hundred and thirty days. Treta Yuga, Dvapara Yuga will have same. But in Kali Yuga, what they are doing in the last year, they are uh, intercalating only half month. Uh, this was referred as ardhamasa. Yajur Veda has uh, at least uh, three four times they have mentioned about ardhamasa intercalation. So during uh, Rig Vedic period and early Vedic period onwards, Indians uh, learn to intercalate only ardhamasa. Why? Because uh we have to delete that uh, 0.75 days extra uh, what are getting accumulated every year in the second cycle so due to this what is happening the first cycle is starting from the new moon but it is uh, the calendar uh, ends in the purnima because we are intercalating only half month so that's why first cycle of chaturyuga follows amanta calendar and the second cycle of chaturyuga follows purnima on the calendar so uh, because uh, the yuga, the after the end of kaliyuga krita yuga takes over so it should start from purnima only because Kali Yuga, those started in uh, with amavasya but ended in purnima so krita yuga starts um, krita yuga second cycle will uh, commence from purnima but the kaliyuga will end at amavasya so that's why right, in a 40 years, in a two you know, cycles of Chatur the both types of calendars were used. Why, because this is the reason. If you 0.75 days are, are getting accumulated every year into 20 years, the 15 days, you have to only delete 15 days. So this is the method uh, was adopted during the Rigvedic time or they were perfectly following the 365.25 days. So the same uh, 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 was the, in the Julian calendar till that so-called Great Saint Grigori has to do certain uh, amendments in the calendar. But we use the Adhikati Tithi to uh, do the so-called Gregorian uh, things uh, we have uh, we were doing since Vaidikira to manage the lunisolar calendar using the Tithi and Now. Since the era and post era followed only five-year yugas, now we have to fix a epoch of the 28 Krita Yuga when that was ended. Because this can be a sheet anchor of our yoga chronology. During the uh, Lotadeva, when he updated the Surya Siddhanta, he says that asmin Krita syante sarve madhya gata graha so he is clearly referring that at the end of Krita Yuga, all planets and sun and moon were in a great conjunction in Aries. So what I did, I have simulated in the software. So this uh, this is the Stellarium software and I have used the JPL Horizons is the time correction. So the date is exactly 22nd February 6, 7, 7 8 BCE and all planets were in conjunction and uh, the conjunction took place in within 26 degrees within the Aries and uh, all planets were uh, maximum 30 degrees away from Sun. If you take the Sun as the center point, the Venus is uh, 13 degrees away towards east where Mercury is 13 degrees away from the, uh, uh, towards west. So total, this entire conjunction took place in uh, in uh, 26 degrees. And that day was Chaitra Shukla Pratipada. Though conjunction do occur uh, periodically, but having such conjunction on Chaitra Shukla Pratipada, it's uh, because I have simulated from 75,000 BC to till date, because 75,000 BC is the, the Toba eruption event. So I have taken only that much period. So this is the only date possible for fixing the conjunction of Sun, Moon, and all planets in Aries. So this gives an exact date, and this will be a uh, this should be a sheet of our yoga chronology. Now we can exactly fix the end of the Krita Yuga, and uh, during that time, winter solstice was in Ashwini nakshatra, and uh, Mayasura introduced uh, a Jovian cycle of 12 years and uh, 60 years. And he was the person who introduced the concept of a Vara, means a weekday. So the first weekday was 22 February 677, BCE, and that was Sunday. So now, just one year later, Krita Yuga ended 677, this year was a major turning point in our Indian uh, astronomy. Why? Because... First, Mayasura wrote a uh, Surya Siddhanta because this has transformed entire Indian astronomy. Before that, we were only following the five year yugas and 20 year Chatur yugas. So, with the and we have introduced that Jovian cycle of uh, this um, 12 years, then, 60 year cycle we have introduced, then, uh, a weekday. Uh, weekday also introduced uh, in uh, in the uh, that six seven seven eight BC uh, since Mayasura belonged to Asura tradition he followed a Mahayuga of twelve thousand years but uh, their Chaturyuga had equal length so three thousand years uh, it was the length of one yuga then Paitamaha Siddhanta This was established in 677 with just one year later Surya Siddhanta. What we did, we have increased the length of Yuga from 5 years to 1200 years because now we have understood just intercalating based on uh, sun and moon's motions is not going to help us to get the accuracy in the calendar. So we have to follow a Jovian cycle also. Now we have to follow the motions of Brihaspati, sun and moon. uh, Jupiter cycle, uh, sun cycle and lunar cycle. When we club these three, then we can achieve an accurate intercalation in the calendars. So that's why what we did instead of five years, we have gone 1200 years. So this is the reason because Krita Yuga ended at uh, 6777 7, 7, BC. So that Treta Yuga just come in. So we can fix the accurately accurate date of the beginning of Treta Yuga since at that time, just we have moved to Jovian cycle so we thought it's only 1200 years that was the Treta Yuga period and we have introduced Saptarshi cycle it's not a calendar actually Saptarshi is just a cycle since till date means before 6777 BCE we used to calculate Yugas in 5 years and 20 years of Chatur Yugas now the problem is it's a Yuga had a 1200 years uh, length. How can we account the elapsed years? So we had a novel idea of having a, this uh, Saptarshi cycle. Every elapsed 100 years have been named after one Nakshatra. <coughs> uh, like first 100 years have been named after Ashwini because the uh, at that time winter solstice used to occur in Ashwini Nakshatra. Our entire Nakshatra list uh, I have been reset uh, starting from Ashwini Nakshatra so the Saptarshi cycle also started from Ashwini Nakshatra so that's why this 2700 years and following this cycle only our Puranas and uh, even Garga says that during the Mahabharata period when Yudhishthira was reigning, Saptarshis were in Magha Nakshatra so you start from 677 BC onwards calculate uh, uh, assigning one Nakshatra to every 100 years 3177 to 3077 that 100 years period when uh, magha uh, saptarshis were in magha and a uh, reformed uh, five year calendar was introduced 677 seven. now we uh, we are following the same intercalation like uh, magha uh, and ashadha but uh, the uh, whatever the um, uh, intercalation methodology that we have perfected using the jovian cycles and this is the period when all our kumbh melas uh, the epoch of kumbh Mela should be somewhere 677 bc the prayagas kumbh Mela uh, has an epoch of 6777 bc it means around 8800 years before now since the Surya Siddhanta, uh, a certain section of South Indian astronomers, they realized that now we have to follow the Chaitra Shupladi calendar instead of Magha Shupladi calendar. So they have established a section of Paita Maha Siddhanta. Paita Siddhanta was very much popular in North India, where the Brahma Siddhanta uh, has been established in the South and they have taken the epoch of 6773 BC, after five four years or five years after the Maya Surya Siddhanta. So the Chaitra Shukladi calendar introduced on 25th January 6773 BC, that is the Saturday. There was a great discussion between, means uh, initially uh, Brahma Gupta who wrote Brahma Siddhanta, he says that uh, Kalpa began on Sunday, but Vateshwara heavily criticized Brahma, Brahma Gupta Stating that no, it was not uh, Sunday because Sunday is the tradition of Asura. Actually, it began on Saturday, and Vateshwara was right because when you calculate using the, this Mayasura Surya Siddhanta, the 22nd February 67780, actually, that Chaitra Shukla the calendar of Brahma Siddhanta commenced on Saturday. So, Vateshwara was right. Just one day error in calculations by Brahma Gupta and uh, 60 year cycle starting from prabhava has been started 6773 bce today we are following the same epoch uh, for the uh, this prabhavadi cycle of 60 years now the evolution of these yugas and chaturyugas can be presented like this before 6,773 BC all texts written like Vedic texts, Brahma texts, all texts refers to only 5 year Yuga or 20 year Chatur Yuga uh, post Surya Siddhanta means after 6,773 BC the Yuga cycle became 1200 years. So that's why Treta Yuga was 677 BC uh, to 5,577 BC post Ramayana era we have increased the Yugas from 1200 to 12,000 years and we have uh, established that this should be in a uh, differential duration. So Krita, uh, the Krita Yuga should have the, uh, almost uh, 4,800 years, uh, Treta Yuga should have 3,600 years and Dwapara Yuga 2,400 years. This is the reason why Dwapara Yuga has 2,400 years. Why? Because... The concept of differential duration came only after Mahabharata, after Ramayana era. That's why Ramayana era means the Treta Yuga had only 1200 years. Now, during the Mahabharata period are just the, what we did, we have multiplied 1200 by 360, it became 4,32,000 and 12,000 years multiplied by 360, it became 43, 000, uh, twenty thousand years. This is how... Our yoga cycles have been increased to a lakhs of years to achieve okay. accuracy in the calendars. But this was not the chronology. Chronology should be what we are looking at. The pre-677 6, 6, 6, 7, 7 BCE, we should consider only uh, five years uh, length of yoga, Not 4,32,000 or 43, twenty thousand years. So what I did, We we can establish the yuga cycles after uh, Krita Yuganta. We can exactly fix the Treta Yuga, Dwapara Yuga and now Kali Yuga is continuing. Now how to calculate the chronology before the Surya Siddhanta. So as per our tradition, 1837 yugas have been elapsed. So you just multiply by 5, so 9185 years. So before we had a history of almost 9,185 years before 6,775 BC. Later we have divided this into a Manvantaras to have a, uh, a Kalpa time, time frame. So if we follow this, so the first Yuga means when early Vedic calendar having the five-year Yuga has been introduced somewhere 15,962 BC means around 16,000 BC. So now there is another question, on what basis we have fixed that the present uh, Chatur Yuga is 28th. So actually in 7,322 BCE, Indian astronomers observed that winter solstice has been shifted to Ashwini Nakshatra, because prior that we used to follow the Mrigashiradi list, thereafter Rohini list, then we had a Kritikadi list. Now, the we have observed that winter solstice has now shifted to ashwini nakshatra so that's why the entire nakshatra list has uh, had been reset starting from ashwini nakshatra so if you count the 5 years and 20 years of yuga cycles from 7322 bce the 27th uh, Chatur Yuga ended in 6782 BC, 6782 bce so the 28th Chaturyuga began in 6782 BC and that Krita Yuga, the 28th Krita Yuga had only 5 years span. In the 4th year, Mayasura wrote Surya Siddhanta. So thereafter, a Yuga became, instead of 5 years, it became 1200 years. That's why the 28th Krita Yuga had only 5 years, but 28th Rita Yuga had 1200 years. Now based on this uh, uh, Yuga uh, timelines, we can establish certain period. Because what I have taken this way, proto Vedic period, why I called it proto? Because during this period, uh, what was the history is not known to us. But we had a calendar, 16,000 to 14,500 BCE. Early Vedic period, when Brahma and Vishwamitra, they were the first reformists of in Indian uh, calendars. Uh, thereafter the middle vedic period then later vedic period and post vedic period then we can have a, this 28th treta yuga then ramayana yuga we can have that 100 year 5677 5577 7 bc dwapar yuga that 2400 years so uh, since the differential duration was introduced after ramayana era therefore dwapar yuga had 2400 years So the Mahabharata war date and the 28th Kali Yuga. Now this way we can perfectly establish a a timeline of Indian history considering our traditional uh, concept of Yuga, how it it had been evolved from 5 years to uh, lakhs of years. Now let us verify these timelines with reference to internal astronomical evidences. So the earliest calendar during the proto vedic period naturally If you see this uh, graph, this is the post-glacial sea level rise. Uh, If you say around 18,000 years before, means around 16,000 BCE. Before that, the the ice age level was almost same. So the weather was uh, gradually warming up after 16,000 BCE. So due to that, Southwest monsoon became regular in India and uh, that led to evolution of agriculture-based society. When an agrarian society uh, establishes, the agrarian society needs a calendar year because they have to uh, start the agriculture activities. So they need a, a perfect calendar from varsha Ritu to varsha Ritu. So this is the reason why we called a year Varsha because the year The earliest year uh, used to commence from rainy season to rainy season. Ah, Then this is the, uh, after proto vedic period, it was Rishi Brahma, he started uh, astronomical observations, uh, linking the astronomical observation with the calendar. Since uh, the entire Vedic civilization evolved around the Saraswati river, So uh, during the early Vedic period or even today, uh, this uh, southwest monsoon reaches north India around the summer solstice. So the Rishi Brahma observed the occurrence of summer solstice in nakshatra. So it was around 15,000 BC to 14,000 BC. So we can take a midpoint that is the 14,500 BC. So we can say this was the beginning of astronomical observations in India. After Brahma's thousand, uh, because Vishwamitra, how I have established uh, summer souls ties at Dhanishtha Nakshatra because there is a reference in the Mahabharata. It says that Vishwamitra reset the Nakshatra starting from Shravada. It means at least one Nakshatra uh, difference was existed between Brahma and Vishwamitra. Ramayana refers that Vishwamitra lived thousand years after Brahma so with this uh, with these uh, inputs we can fix the Vishwamitra's time around 13500 600 to 13500 bc at that time summer solstice shifted from dhanishta to shravana that's why Vishwamitra was, uh, was right and, he, and even gopata brahmana mentions that Vishwamitra was the first who observed the sampata sampata means precession so this was the precession he the precession from dhanishta to shravana uh, it was Vishwamitra who observed that uh, precession. So he was the first person to in entire human uh, in, in the history of humanity, Vishwamitra should be given a credit for observing the precession of equinoxes. Now, since Vishwamitra observed this precession and argued for resetting the Nakshatra. But traditionalist Vasishtha was the traditionalist, so there was a big arguments and there was a rivalry between Vishwamitra and Vasishtha. Then finally, Vasishtha went to the woods and he did penance for uh, some many years. Then Vishwamitra came with the theory that a calendar should not start from a solstice; a calendar should start from an equinox. So this is the reason the Vasishtha. Uh, introduced a, a new Vaidic calendar starting from Sharad Ritu, because the equinox, the autumnal equinox he selected at that time so the autumnal equinox used to occur at Ashwini Nakshatra during those times so that's why Rigveda has almost uh, 50 Suktas after Ashwini Devata so this is the uh, Sharadadi calendar why? Because all Vedas, Rigveda, Yajurveda, Samaveda, Atharvaveda, or even all our post-Vedic texts, they all talk about Sharada Sharadahshatam. So Sharad Ritu became a synonymous to year because the calendar was uh, Vedic. Uh, this cal, uh, after 3000, uh, 13,600 BCE, Vedic calendar used to commence from autumnal equinox. That's why uh, the Sharada Sharadahshatam. Uh, there are numerous references of uh, sharad as uh, synonymous to in all Vedas so this is the nirukta uh, uh, was written by Yaska. he also mentioned that ashwin uh, stands for sandhyasame means the ashwin used the helical rising of ashwin is mentioned so naturally an equinox used to occur at ashwini nakshatra Actually, Ashwini Kumaras lived before Vasishta. They were the celebrated historic uh, persons and as well as uh, they were the founders of Ayurveda in India. And two-star constellation of Ashwini have been named after these Ashwini Kumaras. So this is the beginning of Meshadi calendar because why the Surya Siddhanta and others, uh, they followed the Sharadadi calendar. Since during the Rigvedic period, early Rigvedic period, Devas and Asuras had a uh, conflict. Actually, Asuras were the cousin brothers of Devas. So, since Devas started following the Sharada calendar, Asuras selected Vasantadi calendar. Instead of uh, autumnal equinox, they selected the uh, vernal equinox. So, this is how the uh, two calendars. Because the rituals, Asuras used to follow different rituals, Devas used to follow different rituals and they also followed a different calendars also. This is the reason why Suri Siddhanta mentioned Mesha deva devabhagaste devanam yati darshanam Whenever the sun is in the, from Mesha to Kanya, then that time the, we, can, uh, uh, we will have a darshan of Devas. When uh, Sun uh, sun uh, moves to Tula to Meena, then the, this was the period of Asuras. Actually, he is indicating two calendars. The Devas uh, followed Meshadi calendar, whereas Asuradi calendar followed Tulaadi calendar. It means the Sharadadi calendar and the Vasantadi calendar. And the Asura king Bali, because the vernal equinox used to occur uh, uh, somewhere in the beginning of tula around 13600 BCE but uh, uh, in the uh, during the period of uh, bali that shifted to kanya rashi this is the reason the kerala uh, that malabar solar calendar begins from kanya rashi because they are following that ancient tradition of vedic uh, rigvedic period now, again, the, uh, a major reform. Early Vedic calendar has only seven Adityas. There is a reference in Rigveda also. Seven Adityas means the 360 zodiac, they divided into seven parts, and each part has four and a half nakshatras. But in a, over a period, they, the seven Adityas became 12 Adityas. So, this is the beginning of 12 rashis. So, in the Rigvedic period it, itself, uh, our uh, Rishis evolved the this uh, 12 rashis the uh, 30 degrees zodiac for every aditya and 12 solar months so the same thing has been mentioned by Vasishtha, maitra in this uh, uh, and even dirghatamas rishi in the first mandala so the numerous references of 12 aditya then 12 solar months and uh, there is a reference of all names of 12 solar months in the Ajurveda. Ajurveda's first mantra starts with Ishe, Tvorje, Isha and Urja. Because they were the first two solar months of Sharadritu. Since the Vedas followed Sharadadi calendars, that's why Ajurveda begins the counting of solar months from Isha Urja only. Then we have uh, various names of solar months then uh, the one year had 366 days and the lunar year three there was a difference for 12 days this uh, the same thing has been mentioned in the fourth mandala of rigveda and ajurveda refers to a 13th month also even ardhamasa also so that's why the intercalation methodology was well established even chaturyuga cycle was also practiced during the rigvedic period now around uh, this 11200 BCE, the first list of 28 nakshatras, though Rigveda has reference of at least 7 8 nakshatras, but there is no reference of all 28 nakshatras, only Atharva Veda's nakshatra sukta has the reference of all 28 nakshatras. So we have a story that uh, Daksha had uh, 27 daughters and he married them to Chandra son of uh, Buddha uh, in the Atri dynasty. So actually this story refers to uh, bif- uh, uh, bifurcation of entire 360 zodiac into 28 nakshatras. So this Mrigashiradi list has been introduced around 11200 BCE. That time winter solstice uh, was shifted to Mrigashira nakshatra. So the concept of Chaturga was fully evolved and we have a reference in our text that the Devas did uh, Satra for 1000 years in Naimishar, India. So this actually, this Yajna took place 11,200 BC. So 10,200 BC, that 1000 years, very meticulously our Indian uh, Rishis and uh, the astronomers observed uh, that uh, meticulously and uh, collected the data. Based on that, numerous astronomical bodies have been named after the various rishis and others. This was the time when our astronomy evolved to a, uh, an advanced stage. Then, 10,200 BCE, this was the very interesting period because uh, uh, we had fixed the, the nakshatra list from Brigashira because Brigashira we consider as a Prajapati. And he had 27 daughters. Rohini was his first uh, daughter. Now, after 1000 years, we have observed that uh, the winter the winter solstice has shifted from Megashara to Rohini. So this has been viewed like Prajapati is entering into the house of Rohini. It means, uh, metaphorically, in our text, it is written that like Prajapati lusted about uh, her, uh, his daughter. So some anti-Hindu elements, they normally say that, oh, uh, in your text, it is written that uh, our father uh, had um, uh, different feelings for uh, his own daughter and other things. Actually, it is uh, just a shifting of uh, equinox has been mentioned in uh, various Brahmana texts. Not only this, there was uh, like even Swam Bhavmanu married Shatarupa, It does not mean that Shatarupa was also a daughter of Brahma. Since in a later cosmological or in a theology when it was evolved because Brahma was the creator, if Brahma was the creator nobody existed then whom Swaim Bhavanu married so that's why they just assumed that Shatarupa was also created by Brahma. So the people started uh, uh, interpreting that like uh, Swaim Bhavanu married uh, the daughter of Brahma means married his own sister. That's uh, incorrect. Actually, that's only theological argument. Actually, Brahma was a rishi. There were numerous human beings existed already. So Shwayam Bho married Shatarupa. Shatarupa was not a daughter of Brahma at all. Then the winter solstice shifted to Rohini around and uh, Mahabharata's Vanaparva has a full description of how Brahma reset the nakshatra starting from Rohini and he started Dhanistha this Tadha Kalo this was the beginning of Shukla calendar means uh, Shukla Pratipada in Dhanishta Nakshatra this became a parameter for uh, correcting the future course of calendar so the Ashwini uh, Autumnal equinox used to occur somewhere in Chaitra months uh, during the 13,500 years that has now shifted to the Shukla Pratipada uh, around 10200 bc there is a, a Ekashtaka sukta this also refers to that the a, occurrence of autumnal equinox on the 8th day of krishna paksha of Marjeshira nakshatra then we have a krittika the list of 28 nakshatras after 1000 years from 11200 to 9200 bc the winter solstice again shifted to krittika now again nakshatra list has been reset that's why all Brahmanas, Aranyakas, and uh, entire post Vedic corpus, they refer to only Kritikadi list. So, uh, naturally, during the period 9200 to 8200 periods, all Brahmana texts have been recompiled. And uh, during that time, they have seen the Abhijit nakshatra. It is, uh, they have excluded Abhijit and made only 27. That time, they have perfected the trigonometry. Because 360 degree, if you multiply by 28, you will get a fraction values. But when you divide 360 by 27, uh, you will get 13.2 degrees each nakshatra. So this is how we have perfected our trigonometry and we have excluded Abhijit from the list of nakshatras. That's why Ashwini nakshatra list, we have only 27. Prior to that, we had a list of 28 nakshatras. Because the Abhijit uh, gradually reduced from 85 degrees to 65 degrees. Uh, this was the reason why we have excluded Abhijit. And same thing has been metaphorically mentioned in Mahabharata. It is stated that Abhijit Pardhamanahi, rohinya kanyaka swasa. The Rohini's younger sister is Kritika There was a, a competition between Abhijit and uh, Kritika because Kritika became the first star in the list because... Uh, that uh, the great uh, greater position in nakshatras, so Abhijit finally lost the competition. The same thing has been mentioned in Mahabharata. Actually, that refers to exclusion of Abhijit from the list of nakshatras. Now, this I have discussed the Surya Siddhanta, but they fo- he followed a Asura tradition. The same Zoroastrians. Zoroastrians were uh, not any alien people during the Rigvedic period uh, when Asuras lost to the Devas. They have migrated towards west, so they carried the Asura-Veda, there is a reference of Asura-Veda in Gopatha Brahmana. This same Asura-Veda has been recompiled by Jorastar somewhere 7000 BCE. So the same Asura-Veda came to be known as Avesta. So the language and everything matches with so that Asura-Veda, actually Jorastrians were originally Asuras, migrated Indians from, uh, uh, from India so they followed the only 3000 as a yuga so what they did they followed the unit as a 60 unit it was more auspicious to them they multiplied 3000 with 60 so it became 180000 so that's why a kalpa in an asura had 72 crores of years the same that's why the pancha siddhantika varahamihira refers to a uh, uh, a yuga length of 180000 years not 432000 years so then Vedanga Jyotisha, what was in Mahashukladi that has been recompiled and this uh, somewhere in the between, uh, 3500 BCE. Generally people say, no, 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 how you can say it? The Vedanga Jyotisha refers to the occurrence of uh, this winter solstice in shravishtha Nakshatra. Actually, it is clearly written, he says that Pranamya Shirasasuchini Kalagnyanam Pravakshyami Lagadhasya Mahatmanaha if Lagadha was writing that one, why he will, a writer himself uh, cannot call uh, as a Mahatma? So somebody else, that was the Shuchi. Shuchi was recompiling the Vedanga Jyotisha around 3500 BC, And he says that our Adi Yuga, the first Yuga commenced when the uh, winter solstice used to, or uh, autumnal equinox used to occur at the Shravashta Nakshatra. So, he is not giving the details of his current time. He is giving the uh, reference, uh, uh, the uh, astronomical parameters that took place somewhere in history. So, that's why the Vedanga Jyotisha follows Uttarayana calendar. Instead of auto, because during the Vedic period, the Sharadadi calendar has now moved towards Uttarayana. This is the reason the entire Mahabharata uses the same five year yoga calendar, but beginning from Uttarayana. So the, this is what the timelines I have established considering the 3162 BC as a Mahabharata date. This uh, I have uh, uh, established this date using the eye uh, hole inscription and uh, Shaka era uh, details given in the various inscriptions. Now, the chronological continuity of Yuga calendar, if we establish the Vedic Yuga calendar, what was the summer solstice at Dhanishtha Nakshatra around 14500 BCE, the same was uh, first reformed in 13600 BCE, and Sharadadi calendar, but that time Chaitra the, Actually, it was the Chaitra Shukladi calendar in the 13600 1600 BCE, but the Meshadi was at Asha, Asha, autumnal equinox in Sharadritu then again the Mahashukla pratipada calendar was introduced around 10200 bce it is actually due to precession the equinoxes shifted again and again and finally uh, during mahabharata era we the same the sharadadi calendar what was during the 13600 bce same calendar uh, used to commence from uttarayana during the mahabharata period now Suri siddhanta calendar was first time introduced 6778 bce that time the uh, Surya the winter solstice used to occur at Ashwini Nakshatra. Then it shifted to vernal equinox at Kritika. that's why Vaishaka Shukladi calendar, now again that shifted to vernal equinox at Ashwini in, in 100 BCE, again Chaitra Shukladi, similarly to the Brahma Siddhanta calendar. Now the date what we have established 678 BCE. Uh, what I am going to now establish that same Maya Surya Siddhanta influenced the entire Western astronomy, how this took place. Mayasura. this is the date what we have established based on the conjunction of this Persians. Jorastrians started worshipping the sun god. Why they started worshipping? Actually, they used to worship Ahura Mazda, entire uh, Jan Avesta. Is the god, uh, supreme god, Ekeshwara, means they followed monotheism. monotheism. Only Ahura Mazda was the uh, only one god for them after Zoroaster when Janda Avesta was recompiled. But a section of Persians started worshipping sun god since they were started following the Mayasuri Siddhanta. This is the reason the winter solstice became birthday of Mitra because uh, in 6778 BCE winter solstice used to uh, occur in meshadi and persians those uh, the sun worshipping persians when they migrated to europe they introduced the same thing that evolved as a Bithraism in the west sunday became a sacred day and persians follow an astrological era 188924 year this is how they have arrived it so actually they say that there was a great flood. I think the deluge. This uh, there is a reference in the Bible and the various other uh, even Jewish sources. The great flood was a, a sheet anchor for the Western chronology. So they say that before the great flood, one lakh eighty thousand years uh, have been elapsed. Actually, that one lakh eighty thousand is actually three thousand years because they multiplied 3,000 years by 60. That's why they have gone into 1,80,000 years. The way we have evolved from 12,000 to 43 30,000 years. Similarly, they have uh, the calendrical requirements. They have enhanced the Yuga span from 3,000 to 1,80,000 years. Actually, there is a reference that there was a greatest conjunction of uh, Saturn and Jupiter. Uh, took place two, 229 years and 108 days before that uh, great flood every 20 years uh, Sun and uh, Jupiter generally conjunct but it was a very special conjunction in 3937 BCE Sun Jupiter conjuncted first, both went on retrograde again conjuncted with the Mars also So all planets conjected on that place, that's why this conjunction was the greatest conjunction and they kept this as a very very special occasion and they started counting of years. That's why there is a record in the Persians and Babylonians that 229 years and 108 days they have counted till the great deluge or great flood. so this astrological era also refers to the same 6778 BCE. Same in the this Hellenistic astrology. This is the uh, uh, as a, um, astrological table. This is the most ancient table available in the Hellenistic astrology. This is showing cancer ascending. It means vernal equinox used to in cancer. So that was around 7th millennium BCE only. So this the the most ancient astrological table of Hellenistic astrology is actually influenced by Mayasura Suri Siddhanta. Abul Fazl refers to an astrological era, same Persian uh, and he also refers to a conjunction of all planets and aries in his uh, book uh, Ayini Adbari. And he says that 183,762 BCE this conjunction took place. So again you have to calculate 180, 180 years, actually it was not 180, it's actually 3000 years. You just get 3000 years to the epoch of the great flood, you will get the epoch of the that astrological era that is actually Surya Siddhanta. Now, we have established the chronology and validated based on the Yuga chronology and the based on the astronomical evidence as well as the western astronomy, what was the epoch of their Siddhanta, Surya Siddhanta. Now let us uh, evaluate our yoga chronology, considering a totally an independent chronology. In Tamil chronology, they have not followed any uh, longer yugas during Sangam days. So they had a count, like in the third Sangam period, they say it took place one 1,850 years. So Uh, modern historians say this was around 1st century AD or something but it is not correct actually we have to correct that uh, error uh, in dating the Buddha Nirvana because based on that we will have the Gajabahu of Sri Lanka Gajabahu's time period has to be established based on the corrected Buddha Nirvana date. So that's why I took that uh, the end of 3rd Sangam period in 1276 BCE So this was the period when uh, Pandians had the Madurai. Second Sangam period took place somewhere between 6826 to 3126 BCE. This was around 3700 years and Kavatapuram was the uh, capital city of Pandian Kingdom. And Ramayana refers to Kavatapuram as the capital of Pandyan. So Ramayana, now Treta Yuga, we can validate the timeline using it because Kavatapuram was not existed before 6200 BC. Therefore, Treta Yuga cannot be dated before 6,200, 6800 BC. And first Sangam period, it was uh, the period was 4440 years. If you go back 11266 years, that time Then Madurai. That this city was submerged by sea around 6,800 BCE. So 11266, the beginning of the Sangam period, Agastya existed, the Rishi Agastya. So what timelines I have established uh, using the Yuga chronology as well as the astronomical evidence, this independent uh, timeline given in Tamil chronology also validate that exactly validate because this was the period when Vaivaswatamanu Even Mahadeva Shiva existed during the period 11,300 to 11,200. The dating of Agastya has been perfectly given in Tamil chronology, which is totally independent of the Yuga chronology. Now, bathymetric evidence in the Tamiraparani river, if you look at this, uh, the landmass between uh, Sri Lanka and uh, India, this was submerged around 6200 B.C. to 5600 B.C. So this was a meltwater one sea. This was the third pulse uh, when the sea level rose more than 6 meters suddenly within 140 years. So the Rama Setu, if you see, this is the Tamra Parani River channel. Actually, Tamra Parani River used to flow from India, from Tamil Nadu to Sri Lanka. So this was submerged basically that's why Ramayana talks about Dvipa Varini which used to flow from, uh, ra, uh, from India to Dvipa, Sri Lanka. But uh, during the Ramayana time this was submerged and uh, this was the uh, landmass which was above the sea level but this uh, became uh, maybe one or two meters water used to come during the high tide. So they just filled up the uh, uh, that, uh, platform and they raised the platform by 1 meter or 2 meter. This is how Ramasetu was constructed during the Ramayana period. So the bathymetric evidence also is, uh, validates the timelines what we have arrived based on the Yuga chronology. Another traditional calendar of Kapilavastu uh, and this uh, calendar was existed in ancient Burmese tradition. They called it Kautza era, actually he may be a kautsa Kaudsa was an Ikshvaku descendant and uh, initially Vaivaswata Manu was uh, ruling in Saurashtra and Central India. After Vaivaswata Ikshvaku took over and uh, Mandhata was ruling in Saurashtra and uh, after uh, Bhagirata and Sagara Sagara and his son Bhagirata the Ikshvaku shifted their kingdom from Saurashtra to Ayodhya when, when they shifted, probably they started counting the years and the same tradition, uh, because Ikshwaku descendants migrated to Burma, means a clan of Ikshwakus, they maintained this counting. So this, according to them, the epoch started around 10,652 BCE. So this Kautsa era was invoked for 8,640 years. So, and this was abandoned on 24th February 2011 BCE on Saturday. Then the Edzana era. This commenced on 25th February. They have introduced Chaitra Shukla Pratipada on Sunday. The Edzana was the grandfather of Gautama, uh, Gautama Buddha, and Gautama Buddha was born in the 68th year of Edzana era. So, according to my chronology, what I have established, Buddha was born on 15th March 1944 BCE. So, this uh, the independent timelines given in Burmese tradition also validate the Yuga chronology and now what is the archaeological evidence of post vedic civilization. So I will present that the, whatever the Gulf of Kangbei, a submerged city, uh, there is a greater need of further marine archaeology. Uh, but I don't know why the research has been abandoned after 2001. Actually, the SR he could not produce the better images of the sonar that time, whatever the sonar available to him. Therefore, archaeologists always doubted on the images, saying that you have uh, there were no city, they, actually no city existed at all. But now today we have much uh, advanced sonars are available, and we must uh, again try mar- marine archaeology in Gulf of Cambay, and we may produce better images of the that submerged city. Now, Pumpuhar city, uh, the, this uh, is also dated around 9500 BC based on that bathymetric evidence only. Others are carbon dated. It is well-known entire uh, our civilization. Now, uh, the modern historians deny that that is not a post Vedic civilization. It's just a, an alien civilization before Vaidic civilization. Why? Because no horse existed because horse has an important role in Vaidic culture. Okay. In Surukotda, some bones and horses uh, have been recovered. But uh, you can't establish based on that uh, uh, they say that if a horse existed, why no Harappan seal has any uh, image of horse, but there are Ashwa Suktas in Rig Veda. What I want to say that unicorn was actually a horse. It was not a mythical animal because the Stasius and the Aristotle, he was a a great physician and Aristotle was a, a great philosopher. They have clearly mentioned that unicorn horses was originated in India. So some speculated that it looks like a bull or an ass, but actually the neck, the elongated neck indicates that it's a horse, not bull or an ass. So actually, that Equus civilensis, this horse became extinct around 8000 BC and uh, and there are uh, some archaeological evidence of equus as shivali calls probably this was the unicorn horse what was mentioned in rigveda this is the uh, actually that equus had only 34 ribs and numerous fossils found in andhra pradesh tamil nadu also so this horse existed in entire india uh, in the history but the problem is we could not find any preserved unicorn head. The problem is the horns are made of the material that is found in our human hair and nails. So this cannot survive thousands of years in Indian conditions. Even horn of rhinos also is also not formed. But that should not be the evidence to deny the existence of a unicorn. And uh, we have a literary evidence. The Rigveda refers to Deva devabandhor vakri rashvasya svadhetis So the Rigveda and Yajurveda actually same mantra occurs in Yajurveda also. It is referring to 34 ribs. And it's not. I am not interpreting Sayanacharya himself. I think even 700, 800 years before Sayanacharya himself uh, commented that Rigveda is referring to. 34 ribs of Ashwa only because, uh, as per the traditional knowledge, uh, Ashwa having 34 ribs only to be used in Ashwamedha. And another interesting Rigveda is referring to Ashwa as Hiranya Shringa and Tava Now, Sayanacharya became perplexed how a horse can have a horn because during his time, horse, uh, do not have any, horses do not have any horns. So then he translated shringa as hair, but shringa is uh, well known in Sanskrit as a horn. So certainly Rigveda is referring to a horse with a horn, the Hiranyashringa. So that's why the uh, even Jaimini Ashwamedha, it mentioned that only the suitable ashwas for Ashwamedha were available only in the stable of Mandhata. Therefore the Dharmaraja of the Rigvedic period. Uh, have to uh, steal uh, Ashwa from the stable of Mandhata. Ma- it means already a unicorn or uh, a Ashwa having 34 ribs was a rare animal du- during the Rigvedic period. It appears that since unicorn, this Ashwa became extinct, this is the reason Brahma Purana prescribed that now Ashwamedha is a forbidden ride in Kali Yuga because you cannot find a unicorn horse in Kaliyuga, So it appears that the Rigvedic Ashwa a unicorn horse became extinct before Kali Yuga. probably few unicorn horses existed during the Dvapara P- Yuga period or pre-Mahabharata period. So you can have that anti-diluvian Sumerian king Gilgamesh. As per my chronology the uh, Great Flood took place around 3700 BC, so a 1000 years before or 500 years before the Gilgamesh uh, flourished. So he used to ride on a unicorn and he killed a lion and the great legend of Gilgamesh. This also indicates that the unicorn existed around 4700 or in the 5th millennium BC. Another interesting thing is that Scotland has a national animal and that is a unicorn how Scots had the memory of or the, the tradition of unicorn. It's an interesting story. The Scots are actually the descendants of a, a Shaka prince and uh, his wife Scota, She was the daughter of an Egyptian peru. So the Shaka prince, the name given him Phenis versa, he lived when he was the one of the 72 kings who built the Tower of Babel. The, this Tower of Babel was built after the flood. The, the flood took place around 3700 BC, so the Scots have the origins from this Shaka Prince. Shakas are well known to be residents of our Afghanistan area, so they were almost Indians only. So traditional Scythian decorated the horse as still even today, the way they decorate the horse having a unicorn, it resembles a unicorn. So the Scotland, uh, the Scots had the tradition of this unicorn because their origin is from Sita, shakas of India so what I will say we should not uh, always agitated by Aryan migration it's actually a true theory you have to just turn the table 180 degree it's a migration from east to west not west to east so based on this everything I have established the Yuga chronology this has various evidence it is not just I am following the using an astronomical epoch of Surya Siddhanta and then calculating the backwards. I have used internal astronomical evidence as well as external evidences like Tamil chronology and the chronology maintained in the Burmese tradition as well as in the western astronomy as well as western history. So based on that we can perfectly establish the Indian timelines from 16000 BC to uh, till date or if we our uh, actual history starting from Brahma then it should start at least 14,000 BC. It means India has a, a glorious history of 16,500 years. Thank you. This is uh, my presentation.
1: Vidvirji, this is Rahul. I'll go first while Deepika manages the raised hands. Hi. <laughs> I won't mention one uh, Indic scholar you'll probably make out. But, uh, you know, I've been wanting to have him come on uh, Srijan Talks and now Sangam Talks, but mm-hmm. he refuses to because, of, uh, because he believes that our chrono- chronology with all the scholars like yourself, for example, is, uh, is completely out of place. For example, he wrote to me saying that um, uh, the Rig Veda, the Ramayana, the Surya Siddhanta is, mm-hmm. according to them, in the Paleolithic age. Mm-hmm. when even villages did not exist. Sushruta okay. and the Mahabharata in the Neolithic age when no cities or metallurgy existed. Mm-hmm. Such a flawed obsession with antiquity at the cost of decades of hard and patient work by archaeologists on prehistoric sites of India is basically undermining the work of Indology. So okay. <laughs> you may be able to make out, but I will leave, you, leave it to you for a comment on this, please. No,
0: uh, is it what you are talking, Neolithic, Paleolithic, and these ages? It has any, uh, I don't find any scientific theory. It is just uh, superstitions of archaeologists. Since they dug somewhere else and they found something, the pottery, uh, so-called painted ware Even today you can find also the painted gray. It does not mean that same uh, pot existed for thousands of years. How you will date that this kind of a based on that painted gray where you will say this is the only time zone of some 500 years or 1000 years. Instead of that, we have a continuous chronological history till Mahabharata that we have established because there is a serious error of 1380 years because this has to be resolved first. There is a serious error in dating of Buddha. So uh, actually we are even coming up with a challenge to this to establish that because modern historians never ever gone into details to uh, follow the Indian tradition. The Buddha uh, lived somewhere in the 19th century BC not around 483 BC or 500 BC. So there is an error of 1300 years. We have to resolve first this because there is enough archaeological even I think recently there was a archeo- uh, archaeological findings in the Lumbini. That is the earliest Buddhist shrine. The shrine dated, uh, I mean they have used OSL dating that gone up to 1700 BC. Then they just said that some early cult existed. Who knows, it may be a Buddhist shrine only the, because the Lumbini was just a, an orchard where uh, Maya, Maya Devi just went for uh, um, there. There was not, no, no oh, shrine ever existed there. The first shrine constructed was Buddhist shrine in Lumbini. And that dates around 1700 BC based on the OSL dating. And the same, uh, this uh, uh, excavations have been conducted by, an Ameri- uh, I think, a, a British university. Uh, so it's an established fact. So there is a serious need of uh, explaining the archaeological findings based on the literary evidences also. And we have to accept archaeoastronomy is also an evidence. What happens, the historians and archaeologists selectively accept and selectively reject. Why? Because they don't want to see anything beyond Buddha in India, because they are not able to establish any chronology. we have a traditional chronology from Mahabharata onward. We have a 5200 years of well-narrated uh, chronological history exists. It's only we went wrong uh, in dating of Buddha. Once we correct this, then we have to redefine all these Paleolithic or Neolithic ages. Those are not established facts. Just feud, Just a narrative, whatever they understood about uh, the archaeology in India.
1: So archaeology is evolving uh, science. There is not an established science. Okay. Sure. Thank you. Just one comment for you because you mentioned uh, Professor S R Rao. Hmm. His daughter, uh, I think Nandini Rao, I'm not sure of the name. Uh, she is doing a presentation with us uh, in two weeks. Okay. On um, the excavations in Dwarka. So just yes, for sir. you and the rest of the participants, you may please want to join. Oh, that's great!
2: Yeah, yes. Uh, so, uh, Vedavirji, this is uh, Jijit. Oh, yes. Good morning. Yeah, Jijid. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Good afternoon. Yeah, we uh, we have we frequently interact, uh, yeah. but but actually, uh, just for the uh, like alerting uh, uh, of uh, the uh, the participant, I just raise some points, uh, like uh, for example. Uh, uh, I have. Uh, I'm just reading the two books that you have authored. Also, primarily, my focus is on the chronology after uh, uh Kuru-Shetra War. Yes, So the yes. other part I have not read. But some of the things after read, uh, uh, listening to your talk, yes. I'm just expressing. Yes. Uh, one is uh, the Maya is a, as a historical person, right? So yes. I, I have uh, done the similar kind of research. And uh, one problem is uh, Maya uh, with uh, as a historical person with a lot of events attributed to him, is available in Ramayana and also in Mahabharata. Yes. Uh, so, uh, there is a possibility of uh, describing it as a multiple personality. I use that, that particular concept. Uh, okay. But the problem in that is that, uh, which Maya we have to consider as the historical person. The Maya who, who has interacted with Yudhishthira, uh, so that means uh, in, in your chronology that will be around 3000 BC, and then the, there will be Maya, who is a daughter of uh, Mandodari and uh, a father-in-law of uh, Ravan. And then this, uh, the the Maya is uh, either directly or indirectly, I have seen her. Huh. And uh, in your chronology, that is uh, very old. So then okay. the, this uh, this problem of uh, deciding who is the real Maya. Okay. How, how you address that? Okay.
0: First, we have to understand the this um, how the, our um, the gotras in India evolved Do, since Rigvedic era onwards. Though rishid rishis had their own names, but they used to be called using their gotras. This is the reason Agastya existed during the time of Shiva also and Agastya Rishi existed during the Ramayana era also. It does not mean that only one Agastya survived from Rigvedic era today. Similarly, a Parashurama existed during Rigvedic times and he was the contemporary of Kartaviri Arjuna and there was a Parashurama. Actually, the descendants of particular Rishi have also been called in the name of that Rishi. Even today in the South India, uh, based on their uh, the, every house has their own name they will be called using their names like uh, some are Redis or everybody is Redi or everybody is a Rao so similarly at that time the Gotra uh, name became more significant because they used to revert the descendants of particular Rishi because you are seeing uh, the similar tradition existed in Asuras also the Maya's descendants were also being called as the Mayas So a Maya who wrote Suri Siddhanta, he lived 6778 BCE and a Maya who lived during the Ramayana period uh, or just uh, in the senior contemporary Ramayana period was a different Ramayana but he was a descendant of a Maya. There was another Maya in Mahabharata period who constructed the Maya Sabha for the Pandavas. So Maya, there is a, I think, uh, uh, um, I'm forgetting maybe a text, a Vastu Shastra or some other Shastra written by Maya is still existing. So we have to, we should not be confused by the same name. Actually, these are the Gotras of the descendants of a particular Rishi or particular greatest personality in Asura tradition. So the descendants also carried the same name. It's only the tradition uh, was discontinued after Mahabharata period because we developed many pravara gotras and many other gotras became more prominent because there are so many clans and others came into existence. So the tradition before Mahabharata era, uh, every person was called based on his own gotra. So that's why there is a confusion uh, that uh, uh, prevails that how can a same person can exist in a different timelines. Actually, they were a different persons.
2: Uh, maybe uh, to avoid uh, lengthy conversation, I will discuss it uh, separately with you. Okay. So one uh, point I have to mention is, I use the that particular concept, that right, the gotra concept, but yes. it is applicable. I mean, I could apply it only for a few few sages like uh, Vasishta uh, and Agastya, uh, yes. because in other places the, they, the 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 verses also mention uh, their parents so that means we we have to actually resolve it into the exact same person because they will tell about some one or two parents or the name of some of the descendants so that means uh, then we will have to stick to that instead of a generic name maya then we'll have to we are forced to stick to that particular maya so uh, this thing is there but maybe i will i can discuss it offline also with you no actually
0: now what happened in the after mahabharata period our Puranas, uh, Ramayana, Mahabharata, they have been updated. Not updated means they have been uh, rewritten or recompiled. During that time, a uh, person who was uh, not uh, aware of uh, these chronological issues, he just speculated because he, he knew only Arundhati Vashishtha only. So uh, I, he, we, till date we don't know uh, a wife of any other Vashishta similarly the mayas uh, for the uh, the father or mother so inadvertently the puranic uh, historians might have referred the same father and name for the every maya that is also possible it's uh, certain mistakes committed by the chronologists or historians of later tradition
3: ah, hello i am uh, surendra yadav ha yes so uh this uh, uh, this has reference to the uh, the aryan theory which mm-hmm. they say aryan invasion and you said that 180 degree it's opposite yeah. i also concur with the same mm-hmm. uh, and uh, i have done some study i have done some study of more than 500 words which yeah. are prevalent in uh, indian languages probably sanskrit tamil even uh, bhojpuri yes which are prevalent in europe in all the languages, yes. let it be Danish, Scandinavian, uh, Lithuanian, all the languages. Yes. Well, uh, just for the example, like word called "bariyar." Bariyar is a word from Bihar, yes. uh, Khojpuri. Hmm. and the same word is in form of warrior. Yeah. Uh, when we take the word like "parasite," parasite yes. is para ashrita. Yes. So there are a lot of words which are exactly even the word like dwar, it yes. is dwar over there. Even makshakit, yes. mosquito. Yes. So there are uh, and these are across even the word like Asan, hmm. it is there in Latvian. So uh, to to actually to uh, negate the uh, Aryan theory which they uh, this uh, this uh, communist historians. Uh, hmm. Uh, actually, force on us, we yeah. can uh, give this language also, yeah, in, yeah. in fact, a lot of Tamil words are
0: in Baluchistan. Yes, yes so yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I agree with another you. There point is a, uh, uh, so there is a linguistic evidence exists, but the problem is with the chronology. We have to first uh, establish the chronology correctly once because the linguistic studies are based on chronology. This is the reason that so-called Indo-European language is not the mother of Sanskrit. Actually, Sanskrit is much, much older than any European language. So what happened in the linguistics, uh, grandmother became a granddaughter and the granddaughter became a grandmother. Now the entire narrative changes. So actually, the, even the, whatever the Latin Greek language exist exists today, those evolved only after 2000 BC or maybe maximum 3000 BC but Sanskrit existed from 11,000 or 15, 14,000 BC onwards. So Sanskrit is much, much uh, ancient language then. That's why when Sanskrit speaking or uh, Prakrit speaking people migrated from India to Europe, those languages and the local dialects mixed up and evolved these uh, Latin or uh, European languages. That's why the chronology is the basic foundation for any studies in Indology. Sir, so you have talked about the uh, marine exploration in the Gulf of Tamba. Yes, yes. So, from the same site from a different location, some artifacts are found and which are dated to 20,130
4: years from the. So, how do you see these findings?
0: Because Ah, Oxford University meeting lab has dated it in 20,000 years or something. Yes, yes, yes. If you see the the Toba eruption that took place around 75,000 years ago, thereafter, uh, entire humanity and flora, fauna uh, got vanished uh, from Indian peninsula uh, around uh, 75,000 years ago. Only maybe 1% human beings survived those living in the caves of Kashmir and Hindu Kush hill range and other. So, gradually they somehow survived in the volcanic ice age and later the very harsh weathers and others and they survived the ice age. And during the ice age they started by living in the banks of Saraswati river and came to the Gujarat coastlines and others. So they made some pottery, same pottery, the I think sun-baked pottery was found in the same area. So that area where Dr. S. r r excavated was actually Kushasthali because during the Raivataka Manu, he constructed that Kushasthali city. The same city got submerged and re-emerged from the sea where Dwaraka was built as per our Puranic tradition. So the Kushasthali city existed even before Dwaraka and uh, maybe some settlements existed in Kushasthali even prior to that. So the human presence in India is continuous since uh, Toba eruption or even prior to Toba eruption also. But uh, after Toba eruption, 99% of the population was uh, um, almost perished. Only 1% population existed only in the northern hills somewhere and later uh, repopulated. So this is how uh, why we found, we found around twenty or 30, 30,000 years old pottery in, at the same uh, site in Gulf of Cambay.
4: Hello sir. Uh, namaste everyone. Uh, My question related to an Indian scholar hai, uh, Nilesh Okji work. Se, other Indic scholars who have established chronology established, try to try to try to try to try to try approach Western methods they are mostly 1500-2500 BC. That's what you can find. Nilesh, who astronomical data, they are time, somewhere 6000 6, BCE for hmm. Mahabharata, actually. Huh. So uh, uh, do you want to comment on that? Uh, 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 do you agree with his work? Are you aware of his work? And uh, do you agree? And the oh, second yeah, yeah. question is, why? Uh, uh, like, there are so many methods, scriptural methods uh, and uh, uh, archaeological methods, uh, astronomical methods. So why don't we have some common platform where all of you scholars can? Uh, uh, Sit together and discuss it and uh, refine it to give a single date or some single timeline, rather than having such a, a huge range of diverse timelines.
0: Ah yes, I know this is the common problems who are just following the Indology. Like multiple theories do exist in the academia, so that uh, that is the beauty of the uh, research. How the research progresses in. There. But yes, uh, we must have a common methodology. Methodology and your uh, uh, end results are your objective should not be differing. Yes, your results may differ. In this case, uh, actually Shoke is my good friend and we have discussed uh, numerous times these timelines. Uh, what I have observed that he only uh, follows the internal evidence that also his interpretation of certain shlokas what I insist that no you have to reconcile the external evidences also like in the Ramayana era that Sri Lanka was never an island before 7000 BC. So we cannot go beyond 7000 BC because Sri Lanka was never an island. Sri Lanka has to be an island for to the, if Ramayana events have to take place then Sri Lanka has to be an island. That is the one bathymetric evidence then we have a tamil nadu there are external evidence like kavattapuram as per the tamil chronology kavattapuram was the capital city of Ra- uh, pandyas during the ramayana era uh, as per what has been mentioned the, actually one shloka is there in uh, ramayana brahmaraashir visuddhascha shuddhascha paramarshayah archishmantah prakashante dhruvam sarve pradakshanam Actually, uh, a mistranslation of this shloka led to uh, a theory that during Ramayana era, Abhijit was pole star. In this one, Brahma Rashi is in Prathama Vibhakti, where Dhruvam is in Vritiya Vibhakti. I don't know if you understand the Sanskrit grammar or not, but there is a serious need to look at. There is a mistranslation. You can have an alternative translations. But you can't have a mistranslation. Otherwise, anybody can translate anything and then claim that this is the astronomical evidence. So there is a serious I, uh, even uh, if a serious need to look into the uh, uh, valid translations. So there is no reference in entire Ramayana that Bra- Abhijit was as a pole star. So uh, we have to correct those things. If we correct that one, then uh, we can establish the exact uh, timeline of Ramayana. And the same thing uh, with the Mahabharata, he takes Arundhati Vasishta as a current observation. I have indicated to him, stating that no, he is saying there is a asit in the Sandhe uh, just one, uh, even Vasishtaha, Prishtataha, Kritaha. Kritaha is itself a Ta Pratyaya in Bhutakala. So, he is referring to a bad omen that took place in the past. And uh, at the end of that chapter, uh, Vyasa tells to Yudhishthira, uh, so many bad omens took place in the past time and same can repeat again. So naturally, Vyasa is referring to certain bad omens those took place in the past. So the Arundhati Vasishtha observation was an observation of the past as a bad woman referred by Vyasa in Mahabharata. But uh, Vartakji and nileshti took that as a current observation of the Mahabharata period. That led to entire traditional evidence is wrong. Now, uh, as per our entire tradition, the Kali Yuga and the various evidences and internal evidences, evidences also we can reconcile. Uh, if we follow the correct timeline. So I followed the references of Mahabharata in uh, I-hole inscription and I have dated first the shaka era and they, because the shaka and mahabharata era both have been mentioned in I-hole inscription. Once we have to settle the Shaka, then we can arrive the Mahabharata date and then I have reconciled with the internal astronomical evidence and I have established even the Bhishma Nirvana, what he talks about. Yes, there was some 86 to 90 days uh, later uh, he died. Actually, the 3162 BC was the 5th year of the 5-year Yuga calendar. So there were the 2 posha months. It's not 1 posha month. If you had 1 more, because 5th year had a posha uh, lunar, uh, uh, lunar month intercalation. That's why the 86 or 92 days can be easily explained. If you take one intercalary month uh, during the, the year of Mahabharata, war. so these are the actually the translations. The major problem is uh, there is no reference of Abhijit as a pole star in, Mah- in Ramayana, but uh, this has been uh, mistranslated to like Brahma Rashi in Pratama Vibhakti cannot be a Visheshana of uh, Dhruvam, which is in Dvitiya Vibhakti. So there is a problem in translation of that shloka. And similar problem with the Arundhati Vasishtha. Actually, it was a past observation. A bad omen that took place in the past. Uh, Vyasa is warning uh, Dhritarashtra saying that same bad omens can take place again. So actually, uh, this is more the uh, uh, translations of the shlokas. Even a shloka has a two or three or four alternative translations, then that shloka cannot be a sheet anchor. Now we have to arrive the chronology first based on the external and traditional evidence. Then we have to explain the internal evidence. So the methodology means any methodology should consider internal and external evidence both equally. If you are Uh, rejecting entire external evidence then uh, it would be very difficult because if we place Mahabharata days more than uh, almost 5561 BC then we have to reject there are uh, thousands of uh, texts exist they refer to Mahabharata and there are at least uh, 100 or 200 inscriptions they refer to Kali Yuga and Kali Yuga starting from 3101 BCE so, we have to reject entire uh, epigraphic and literary evidence. Then, that creates a doubt on our own sources. Then, finally, a doubt will be created how Mahabharata can be correct. So, that's why our methodology should consider internal and external evidence equally and establish a particular chronology. Uh, we have to honor every evidence, and any acceptance and any rejection should have a valid explanation. Then, only Uh, means we must have a common methodology so that we can establish the exact dates. But since uh, sometimes uh, the scholars follow different different methodologies, this is the reason they differ with each other.
5: Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much, sir. This was a wonderful lecture. So Uh, first I have one question. Um, uh, As you rightly said, we had a sense of a chronology that we always existed till the British time. Even during the invasions, our rishis and pujaris kept it alive. Especially in the south, the temples kept it alive very well. Even during the independence movement, especially my home state, when we found wanted to have an identity, we chose the name Andhra. We didn't choose Telugu or language or uh, anything else. Even there, they had a reference to the idea of having Andhra kings. But why do you think, sir, in the post-independent era, we've lost it? Because even for us, it is hard going back and finding these things all over again. Instead of there's no effort from the state or any other institutions apart from individuals like you and uh, uh, Saryu Trust. No one else is taking up an effort in the larger public. It's not because this not... It's not just a Hindu thing, I think it's an Indian thing because it rewrites history as we look at it, the global history, because it puts Aryabhatta as probably one of the earliest uh, scientists, uh, mathematicians of our uh, uh, era as we see it. And the second thing is, sir, uh, I went to a recent temple uh, in Andhra called uh, Shri Kakola Andhra Mahavishnu Temple. Mm -hmm. So they say that the Karbhagriha is one of the oldest and uh, the oldest uh, record we could find it is in a British source that says it was built by the Satvahanas, whereas the Stalapurana says it was built by the Andhra Vishnu kings. Do you think this chronological uh, order that you presented will solve that issue?
0: Yes, yes. So thank you, Mani. I am also uh, originally from Andhra. Though I have an Arya surname which uh, looks like a North Indian. Actually this Andhra, I have uh, explained the complete chronology of Andhras starting from Rig era. Actually every state, even Tamil Nadu, even Manipur, or Assam, or Bengal, even you go to the Sindhu, Sauvira, Bahlika, Kashmir, every state has the origin from Vaidikira onwards. According to our Aitareya Brahmana, even uh, uh, Latiyayana Shrauta Sutra, it is clearly written that uh, Vishwamitra's cursed sons, actually the Madhuchandas, he was the author of the first Sukta of Rigveda, that Agni Mide Purohitam, this Sukta was written by Madhuchandas, son of Vishwamitra. He was the 51st son, where the, he had a 50 elder sons. These elder sons opposed Vishwamitra stating that because Vishwamitra selected Shunashepa, uh, his name was Devaratha. also, he selected him as the head of his ashrama. The elder sons opposed Vishwamitra, how could you select uh, Devaratha? Then he said that you just get out from my ashrama. This is how those 50 sons, they, they left the Vishwamitra's ashrama and settled on various places. A section of those people settled on between Krishna and Godavari. They came to be known as Andhra's. So, everybody in Andhra or Telangana, they were Andhra's only. This Telangana word came from Trilinga Desha. This Trilinga Desha word evolved because uh, land having the three lingas, Draksha Ramam, Kaleshwaram, Sri Shailam. These three lingas. So, actually, if you say, then the entire Northern Andhra is should be a Telangana in modern times. So this is how the Trilingadesha from Trilingadesha, the Andhra language became Trilingadesha language. That, that's why Telugu world evolved from the Trilinga, Thailangas, Telugus. Okay. So the, the all that Sri Shailam has the origin from the Shivas time. Shiva's time would be somewhere uh, 11,250 BCE. And uh, that place where uh, Hiranyakashepa was there in Ahobhilam chetram, and uh, there. So all South Indian temple places are very, very ancient, and they have a history since Vedic period onwards. So it can be easily rewritten now once we establish the Vedic chronology. And the same thing I have attempted in my books. One is from the chronology of India from Manu to Mahabharata. Second book is from Mahabharata to Medieval Era. In that book, I gave a chronological history of every state of India so that we can link uh, the regional histories also with the main history. Uh, Thank you.
4: Uh, Sir, I have one simple question, very short question. In our present time, in our desh, our our country, why can't we have a national calendar like? that's to to as per our culture, or tradition. Why well, we can't have a, a, anywhere in our uh, in our offices or anywhere in the national calendar like concept? Because yes. there was a discussion once in '57 in the parliament also.
0: Yes,
4: some act was passed. I heard. Yeah, in
0: 1956, uh, actually 1952. Uh, committee, uh, calendar reform committee was uh, established and that committee was influenced by entire this colonial historians and others. So they thought that India had no calendar before shakaira that is 78 AD. So they said the Indians had a calendar only from 78 AD. So they made Shakaira as a national calendar. So today all gazettes of uh, government of India even Prime Minister office is using that Shaka calendar as a national calendar. Because uh, the mindset, a colonial mindset, uh, we wanted something inferior to the Christian era, so we selected 78 AD. Otherwise, we had a, even much ancient uh, calendars like Vikram era. Even prior to Vikram, we have a Yudhishthira somewhat existed. Since uh, historians don't accept Yudhishthira historians, so we hesitated to use that Yudhishthira era. But at least we must have a calendar starting from Mahabharata era. But I feel that we must use Surya Siddhanta calendar from 6778 BCE. In the next year, we are going to complete 8,800 years of uh, that Surya Siddhanta. And uh, we must switch over from this Julian Day, uh, that Julian Day concept to Surya Siddhanta Day concept because we are the originators of the weekdays. We have taught the world to you how to use the weekdays. Thank you so uh, thank you very much for this talk uh, for uh, people like us. Uh, it's a very good opportunity to uh, get an understanding of uh, our old our old traditions and our old calendar system oh, um, you. since you were talking about chronology and uh, time period. so mm. I have a question. Uh, I was going through Ram Charitramanas and mm. uh, at, there are at, at many places, for example, it uh, once said at one place it said that Lord Shiva. Uh, I think uh, he did Tapasya for around 7,000 years. Mm. So I wanted to understand if the period that is mentioned over there is something different to how we understand the year now.
2: Mm. Because yes. 7,000 years yes. to a human yes, yes.
0: mind is something which... cannot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the same thing. This is the, the entire uh, the, um, the central theme of my talk is only to this to understand why we have certain thousands of years. Even in the Ramayana, because Ramayana has been recompiled after 2000 BC, So that's why uh, the updater, he says that Rama reigned for almost 11,000 years. How a human being can survive or even reign for 11,000 years? Actually, if you divide 11,000 years by 360, it's only around 30 point something, around 31 years. Rama reigned for only 31 years. Actually during the Mahabharata and post-Mahabharata period we have multiplied that yoga cycles by 360 we went into lakhs of years but our history remained to the human years only. Now how how you can fill up the gaps you have to increase the length of the life of the historic people. This is how Rama because when 1200 years of uh, Treta Yuga became 8,64,000 years. Then you have to make Rama's uh, life or his reign more than eleven thousand years. This is the uh, reason why we started uh, thinking that the devas and uh, gods they lived more than uh, many thousands of years. So this was the actually misunderstanding of the chronology uh, due to this uh, calendrical time cycles. We mixed up the chronology and the calendrical time cycles. Calendrical time cycles. Why? Because you have it is not exactly three sixty five days, three sixty point five two five. It's not exactly two point point two five. Actually, it is two four two one something. So, when you want any uh, values uh, in integers, you have to only go for the bigger numbers to get an accuracy. This is how a five year Yuga calendar became twelve hundred. Twelve hundred became twelve thousand years, and twelve thousand became forty three lakhs twenty thousand years. This is just to get an accurate integer values for fractions. So uh, what happened? The historians mistook this as a chronology and they started narrating something. That's why it, uh, not only Ramacharitmanas in various uh, texts, even Ramayana and even Puranas also mentioned that somebody lived for more than 50,000 years or 60,000 years also. But we should not take that as a fact uh, because this is just uh, we have uh, increased the uh, uh, calendrical yugo cycles from 5 to 43 lakhs 20000 years due to that reason the, our historians uh, mistakenly assume that as the chronology so we have to correct that one thank you